0: What's up best friends and welcome to another episode of Best Friends Talk Funny, the only kind of funny community podcast all about the best friends that make up said community. I am your host Kyle Stevenson aka Hooded Ninja 73, and before we get into this week's best friend cuz once again, it's a great episode. You're going to like this one. Um we just recently crossed uh 4000 total listens to this show. Um whether this is a, a repeat listen to you, uh, you've listened to other best friends come on the show and you're coming back for a new one, I love you and I appreciate you, if this is your first episode, I love you and appreciate you just as much, without you, this show would not be possible at all, literally, I would have no best friends to talk to, no community to, to go through and to showcase, um, and because of this show and because you keep coming back and supporting me by listening, um... I have the confidence to to pursue this podcasting, content-creating gig. Uh, gig in air quotes, because I don't make a dime. Um, but the, just have that creative uh, output. Um, outlet is a better word for it. That I just did not have before. Um, and I am so in- eternally grateful. And I love you so damn much. Uh, but with, with that being said... And before we get into our guest, Mr. Alex Kozina, who is running for up-and-comer for the kind of funny up-and-comer uh, campaign, um, uh, last week, yeah, last week, uh, or or let's just say February of 2020, try to make this a little bit more evergreen of an episode, um, I went to PAX East uh, with my kind of NYC uh, buddy, Mike Toundrow. Um... Sadly, Kelsey could not make us the other part of uh, the other part of the trio of kind of NYC, um, and my uh, trophy room partner, uh, Mister BadBit, uh, We played a ton of games at Pax East, and we talked about every single one of them over at Platform Agnostic. So at Plat Agnostic, that's P L A T A G N O S T I C on Twitter. Um, if you want to listen to some really cool indie games, um, I know this isn't really a video game focused show, but I definitely want to uh, shout out two games, um, that really have stuck with me since I've played them. And I think about them all the time. Number one is Harmonix's Fuser, uh, which you can hear on the other episodes. I am so happy that Rhythm Games are back and Harmonix is at the helm again. The game is so Damn good, and you feel so cool doing it uh, and playing it. So, I there's a lot, a lot of streaming potential in that game from Twitch streamers. I know we at Kinda NYC will definitely look into streaming that game multiple times during the week because it is super cool. Um, and the other game is a game called Season by Scavenger Studios. Um, Scavenger Studios, if you're not familiar, is the Team behind the Darwin Project, which is uh, like their Battle Royale Hunger Games style uh, game. Um, but this is completely different. This is like, think journey, think narrative driven. You are, you are a member of this village who uh, is, is responsible of recording everything before humankind, mankind is extinct. And you are preserving their, everyone's legacy. And um, there's some cataclysm. Cataly- here, here's where uh, Mr. Kaikai Kai over here has trouble saying words. Apocalyptic. There we go. Apocalyptic events are happening where um, human life is in danger. So you go on out to try to decide what you believe uh, humankind is all about. And you get to write everything down in the journal. You can pick whether you want to remember the sounds, the visuals, the smell. Um, It's just really, really beautiful. Um, We gushed about it on, obviously, on our Pax East episodes of Agnostic. So please go listen to that. It is so damn good. And I can't, I'm not going to say that I discovered this on my own. Um, Shout out to Frank, um, who hoped. Hopefully we'll be on the show uh, one day. He works over at that nerdy site along with last week's guest, Trevor Starkey. Um, He told us about this game of PAX East, and myself and Mike just had to go look for it because it sounded so beautiful. And guess what? It was. So thank you, Frank. Uh, But that's enough about PAX East. You can go over to Plat Agnostic to listen to all that stuff. There are a lot of really cool games. Um, So yeah, Alex Cosina, running for up and comer works for gamers uh, on YouTube, writes for that. He started Twitch streaming. He started a podcast with other best friends. Um, we talk about Bionicle, uh, which is super cool. Um, Alex is a great guy. I'm happy to have him on here to just showcase why he was ru- he's running for up and comer and why he is a kind of funny best friend. So without me rambling on, let's get to know a best friend a bit better.
1: Kind of funny is best friends. What that means is we are there for each other. What that means is that you can go to any kind of funny live event. You can go to an RTX, you can go to a PAX, and if you see someone in one of our shirts, you can go up and talk to them. You can go to dinner with them. Kind of funny is this.
0: Best friends talk funny. How are you doing on this
1: lovely afternoon? Uh, I am doing just well. Thank you very much.
0: Not a problem. Happy to have you on. You reached out to me a long time ago, and because I'm real bad at planning (laughs) ahead, uh, it took me this long to uh, get you on. But I'm happy to finally rectify that.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be on as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Before we get into you running for up and comer and your work on uh, uh, on the awesome YouTube channel Gamers um let's get to know each other a little bit uh where are you from
1: where are you located uh i'm located in the great city of montreal uh the once home of one jen miller although obviously that was entirely coincidental it Uh it was cool to learn that a little piece of my hometown was joining kind of funny in a sense but you know i I don't want to claim complete responsibility for uh that little connection happening
0: Absolutely. Uh, now Montreal is. I'm trying to think of my 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 Canada geography map. Mm. Montreal is located near the east coast or west coast.
1: Yeah, it's located near the east coast. It's okay, like directly north of like cities like you know New York, Philadelphia, and I'd say uh-huh. culturally and also cuisine wise, pretty similar in a lot of ways.
0: Uh, to what to New York? Yeah, or America?
1: Yeah. Oh sweet! Yeah, okay, we have a a pretty a decent pizza culture and a really huge bagel culture here in Montreal. Oh, ooh. as an example,
0: okay. Have you ever had a bagel from New York?
1: Yeah, I'm sure I have. I've I visited New York like maybe a half dozen times in my life. I'm I'm sure mm-hmm. it has happened. I don't specifically remember an instance though. So you'll you'll have to forgive me for that.
0: Oh okay. no, that's fine. I
1: was just gonna ask if how do they compare taste wise? Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I will say Montreal bagels very very good. Like if you ever come to Montreal and mm-hmm. you want to you know try out the local cuisine, of course I'd have to imagine that you'll probably be motivated to check out things like you know poutine, for example, because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that's a more iconically Canadian dish. Uh, but the yeah. bagels here are great as well. Awesome.
0: Uh, what's life like in uh, in Montreal? Like, is there a lot of stuff to do? I'm guessing it's
1: a decent sized city. Yeah, it's um. So the cool thing about Montreal, right, is that it is the nexus for a lot of pretty important video game industry stuff. Um, it is uh, the headquarters of a lot of Ubisoft's operations. Uh, mm-hmm. Not like their actual headquarters because that's in France, but like so many of their biggest games, like Far Cry, Assassin's Creed so on and so forth get made here. Uh, Uh And so you have big developers like Ubisoft and a lot of other smaller developers as well. So there's not a huge shortage of things to do if you're uh, into the video game industry and you want to connect with people and go to fun events Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, And if you're not into games, yeah, there's a fair bit of other stuff to do as well. Montreal is a city that uh, by winter it receives a lot of snow and uh, creates ideal loca- uh, conditions for skiing and tobogganing and that sort of stuff and during mm-hmm. the summer is ideal for hiking and uh, you know biking and all that kind of good summer stuff as well sweet uh, to i haven't heard
0: that word toboggan
1: in such a long time <laughs> yeah i actually
0: it- i don't i don't know the last
1: time I said it before this conversation yeah. <laughs>
0: i is that i'm trying to remember toboggan is like basically just sledding yes? yeah pretty much okay so like I, I couldn't remember if it was like another word for for tubing like yeah. a more professional word for that yeah it's like uh if yeah. you want to be fancy when you say it yes <laughs> uh what uh did you guys get a lot of snow up there uh this this winter because down here on, in new york it was like i think maybe
1: an inch tops and i'm very upset about it Uh, in terms of snow, yeah, we've got, we've gotten pretty good snow. It, um, so this winter was weird for us, uh, because basically we started, um, back in November, we got a pretty huge snowfall all of a sudden. And, you know, it's not uncommon that you get snowfalls earlier on in the year. Uh, but this time around, the snow actually stayed on the ground for Mm -hmm. weeks and weeks and was like, oh, wow, this is, is this going to be like an exceptionally long winter, and then it ended up all drying up, and then it snowed again properly in December, and then it stuck around. So uh, I will say this: it is definitely not been as cold as it has been in years past, thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it definitely has had a lot more snow, a lot more consistently throughout this season for the past few months.
0: That's good. I mean, uh, good for you. I hate it down here. I love the snow. I love the cold, and we've it's it's not been good for us down here in New York. And that, that just in my mind, that just means the summer is going to be brutally hot. And I work outside in the summer and I'm not looking forward to it. I I just want like one decent snowfall before winter is over, but I don't think it's going to happen.
1: That, I mean, I, I, I sympathize with you, although I will say, you know, snow is one of those things that you definitely reminisce on and look back on fondly from your childhood. But as you grow older, you definitely become a lot more, cold-hearted towards what it has to mm-hmm. offer
0: yeah for sure um so up in uh, montreal what do you do for
1: work uh i do a couple different things uh the main most thing that i do is uh so i primarily work at, from home and mm-hmm. i primarily write for a youtube channel called gamers i know it's we're pretty early into the podcast for me to already start plugging what i do but yeah. i mean this does <laughs> You know, it is directly answering your question. It's a yeah, YouTube channel sure. that produces short-form documentaries about the history of various video game series. Uh, in the past, we tended to focus on uh, more on the histories of canceled games and on uh, abandoned video game franchises. Now mm-hmm. we're a little bit more mixed between current active video game franchises and one-off games that you wouldn't really call a franchise like for example mm-hmm. recently we did videos on kingdoms of Amalur: reckoning the rpg from 38 studios or world in conflict which was a real-time strategy game that was published by massive entertainment better known as mm-hmm. the developer behind um the division most recently um and yeah that's pretty much occupied most of my time as of recent it's um these aren't really – I wouldn't classify these as full-on jobs of mine yet, but I also have mm-hmm. recently gotten into streaming a lot on my Twitch channel and also recording a podcast with a bunch of fellow best friends uh, from Canada. Uh, Sweet. So, yeah, I a lot of um, fun work from home involving webcams and microphones and yeah. uh, being glued to computer screens.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, doing creative stuff, what it sounds like, which is awesome.
1: Oh, yeah, for um,
0: sure. Uh, something that I, I love that gamers does is it's definitely take a look at like the old games that don't really get as much love or is kind of like forgotten so like one of my favorite videos that that channel has put out that you you work on is the uh, the resistance mini documentary because mm. I love me the resistance series and it, it was good to see that game that that franchise get some love um, so what uh what are some uh, games that you guys have not done, or have not covered yet, that you want to bring to the to the front of everyone's mind and do like a little video on it.
1: See, I have to be careful when I answer this question because there are a fair few scripts that I've already written that are in the sure. book uh-huh. um, that I, you know, obviously can't really. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to accidentally spill the beans on right. Here yeah, and right definitely now. don't. Um, obviously, you know, something that everybody says all the time, and so I'll just say it right here, is, you know, I would love to be able to produce a documentary that, uh, chronicles, um, you know, what happened between Kojima and Konami towards the end Mm -hmm. of Metal Gear Solid 5's development. There is definitely, whether or not we ever learn what happened between them, we are definitely going to produce a video at some point that goes in depth into, uh, the development of the Metal Gear Solid series, Mm um, I would say, in addition to that, I would—I've uh, been uh, pitching this project for a while, and it remains to be seen whether it ever comes to light. Uh, but I personally uh, would love to do a video on the Pokemon spinoffs, but specifically—oh, nice. Hold on, only the Pokemon spinoffs uh, that were in the kind of tradition of Pokemon Stadium. So, Pokemon Stadium One and Two, Pokemon Coliseum, Pokemon XD: Gale of Darkness, and Pokemon Battle Revolution, because I think that that series is a, you know, I, I think generally most people tend to be very positive on the Pokemon spin-offs, but th- that series in particular, I think, is a very underrated series, and unfortunately, there's no way that it's gonna really continue at this point because there's no need for it to, and so I would love to kind of go back and reflect on what that series was how it got made and what made it great definitely yeah th- those would be great choices um
0: when it comes to making these video documentaries on games and franchises uh what what kind of goes into it like how much uh, research research you beforehand before you like start to recording vo and, and grabbing clips like what what how do you start making one of these projects um
1: so basically it starts off with a lot of research um I have a big document that I keep stored on my computer where every time that there's a new franchise or whatnot that I have to uh, go to, I basically hit up every single source one by one by one, seeing if there's some sort of new little article or video or some, something or other hidden in there. Um, It's, you would kind of be surprised by like how much information sometimes gets uh, scattered about online online. detailing you know the histories of some of these games like people there are so there have been so many times where like a a developer off the cuff in a random interview with a random website that you've never heard of before it reveals something integral about the development of a game that previously like nobody really talked or discussed about and it's not like this piece of information was attempted to be deliberately hidden by the developer Mm -hmm. or the website in question it's just like, things kind of crop up online. And while obviously, um, you know, you, you can't find every single piece of information that you could ever possibly need online, I do also consult some books here and there as well. Like, mm-hmm. it is kind of shocking what I've discovered over the over the past few years, how much of a uh, footprint uh, people have left online in terms of uh, how games are developed. Uh, and so, yeah, I kind of trust in my ability to be able to find as much information as possible just by scouring uh that over and over uh mm-hmm. then from there i kind of compile uh all the most salient points from all the pieces of inf- from all these sources i collected uh i kind of edit that down into a more sizable document that i basically guess you could call my outline uh mm-hmm. and then from there i kind of dive directly in i don't really write a like a, a like rough draft a fine draft and then like a, a final draft i just kind of write what i expect to be my final draft and then make edits along the way or rewrite certain passages as necessary
0: nice uh has uh so it, it sounds to me like there there's a lot of writing involved something that i'm not a huge fan of like i'll do it but it's not something i feel like i'm good at has writing always been something that you have um seen yourself enjoying like throughout school and stuff uh
1: you know it's funny I've I definitely remember distinctly in high school getting a kick out of writing but it's not really something that I ever uh, kind of took serious consideration into with regards to something I thought I could do professionally later on in my life I, I actually went to school for basically a not game design degree and i say not the game design degree because it wasn't called like game design degree it was called mm-hmm. something else but that's basically what it was and it involved a limited amount of writing but that wasn't really the emphasis of it and so yeah to, to bring it back up to uh modern day I, it, it just i'd always enjoyed kind of writing in my spare time i'd always enjoyed it when i got an opportunity to do so in school and when uh, I was approached uh, to this by the channel's uh, founder and main editor, Eilert, uh, it was just kind of like, oh, well, all right, sure, why not? If I'm getting mm-hmm. paid for this, might as well get into it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and so you, you also mentioned that you, uh, you stream on Twitch. How did that uh, get started?
1: I mean, how it got started was um, I was at IGN's offices in 2018. Uh, this is around the time of Kind of Funny Prom. I suspect you were probably there as well. I was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And you know, IGN gave a series of um, live recordings and um, presentations on the company. And you know, they know that a lot of the people that were at the offices that they uh, are the kind of people that are probably interested in eventually pursuing something at the company uh, in the future. There are people who might envision themselves working uh, for IGN later on, and they were like, you know. Uh, obviously we're looking for people that are you know educated and are good at research and you know are capable of producing strong content but we're also interested in people that are good on camera nowadays because you know so many of IGN's uh, editors and staff appear in podcasts or videos or uh, whatnots uh, mm. and when I heard that I'm like okay I'm by that point in time by the middle of 2018 I'd written for gamers for a few months and I'm like I know that I'm a pretty good researcher, and I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to games, but I really don't have a lot of on-camera experience, and you know, I'm really proud of the work I've done on Twitch up until now, but if I do have one slight regret, it's that I didn't start things uh, doing streaming as sooner as I could have. I purchased uh, the capture card that I currently use to stream on Twitch back in like 2013 or 2014, Mm -hmm. because I saw around that time that oh twitch is getting pretty popular what if i get it got into it and i purchased it and it just never quite came together at the time and i think it was honestly just that i was so intimidated by the prospect of oh shit i have to kind of stream on a consistent basis i have to um figure out how to use obs and all these other arcane programs Mm -hmm. uh but once i kind of got that push from ign i it took me a little while after that because some other projects came up that I wanted to take care of first. But eventually, in early 2019, I'm like, all right, it's time to nut up or shut up. And so I just got to streaming. And now I stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on my Twitch channel, Cozy Bear Live. Nice. Yeah, I,
0: I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. I bought my Elgato. Yeah, uh, long, long time ago, and I I hooked it up to my old laptop, which I don't use anymore because it finally died, and it just it would not work, and I was super bummed because I wanted to really get into it myself, and it wasn't until I started doing Extra Life for Team Kind of Funny that I finally got into it, and then now this year, Kind of NYC is kind of making a concerted effort to stream more, and so like I I did give my Elgato to Mike and stuff, um. For them to use over at their house, but I'm starting to stream on my PC now because I can actually handle it. So I'm excited to, like you, I I wish I've done everything so much earlier, just so I can I I I can just you know put these skills to the test, see if I got it. You know what I mean? Because it's been it's been a dream of mine forever. So yeah, starting early. If you're listening to this, you're ever like, hey, I I kind of want to do it. Just do it. <laughs> oh. Don't wait. It's, it's, it's better to just start it and learn a, a, uh, learn from your mis- mistakes early on and then instead of waiting later and, like, doing, like, catch-up work pretty yeah. much.
1: And, and, like, the thing is, is that, you know, our, earlier I mentioned how, you know, I was really intimidated, you know, trying to figure out how to suss out uh, programs like OBS and the like. Make no mistake, figuring out how those things worked uh, was pretty difficult, um, it, it would definitely was... I'm not going to, like, sugarcoat it here and say, oh, Twitch streaming is easy. There are definitely yeah. certain humps that you have to get over. Absolutely. But, like, once you get over them, you're over them. Yep. And then it's kind of... It, it is smoother sailing from mm-hmm. there. I'll put it that way.
0: Yeah. Um. And, and uh, before we get into your podcast, something else that I, I know I've seen you pop up on uh, when it comes to KFAF, you make games. You uh, made some games for yeah. them.
1: So, yeah, like... How- Uh, how it came about, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, like I said earlier, I got a not game design degree back when I was in university. Uh, and after that I was like, you know, how can I give back to the kind of funny community? How can I make people there laugh? Mm -hmm. And, uh, after giving it some thought, uh, I was like, Hmm, what if I basically, Oh, look, there's this, uh, kind of funny, Uh, Photoshop challenge going on on KFAF. Uh, People are producing all sorts of really imaginative creative photoshops on there. What if I made a video game instead? Uh, And then that led to me making another video game because the first video game ended up not being showcased on the week I made it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that led to another video game and another video game and another video game. Um, I took a little bit of a break from making those because Uh, it reached a point where I wanted to focus a little bit more on my streaming efforts. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I have more kind of funny video game-related plans coming up in the future that I'm not ready to talk about just yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sure. But know that it is going to be something that is going to be coming up soon. Awesome.
0: Is it it, uh, it tough to... This is a real stupid question. Is it tough to make a game of that scale? Like, is it... uh, I'm assuming again, lots of planning. Uh, I, I can't imagine like the code because that just baffles me but like what goes into
1: making a, a game on that level? Uh, I mean, I, I would say that uh, the the most complex of those games, like, I'd say you could probably make one of those games if I were to just condense it all into a straight single shot into like maybe two or three days. but uh-huh. I designed them over the course of a week, obviously. Uh, because that's the amount of time that I would have to kind of work on the theme in question. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in, in, when making those games, I try to uh, rely heavily on what... Um, like, for example, if I have any had any code lying around, could I reuse that code for some previous projects to make my life easier here? Mm-hmm. If I had any assets from previous projects, could I reuse those to make, um, you know my asset load a little bit easier as well. Uh I honestly like I would say that a lot of the uh, the bulk of the time that I spent uh designing those games was like perfecting tiny tiny little details that like nobody else would really kind of notice or appreciate but me. Like for mm-hmm. example, I created a Metal Gear Solid 3 um, inspired uh game where uh Andy Cortez is throwing like flaming pop tarts at people <laughs> uh and I, I it's called another, like kind of funny something three pop tart eater and yeah. at the beginning of that game the way that the text like fades in is like one-to-one exactly the way that the uh splash screen for Metal Gear Solid 3 fades in and I spent like Honestly, as much time on that splash screen as I spent with the actual game itself. Um, Hmm. So there's that. And and then, like, just figuring out what the game is in general, I would say, takes up uh, a lot of time as well. Actually making the games themselves, I mean, you know, it takes a little bit of time to kind of properly tweak things and figure out how I'm going to do certain mechanics. But it's really not that bad, to be honest. Uh, If people wanted to go check these out, are they in one spot? for Uh, them to go see him. yeah if you um hold on a sec let me just make sure that i get the address correct because i don't uh use this site as much as some of the others Mm -hmm. uh but if you go to oh uh hio uh specifically if you go to cozybear.itch.io uh you can find all the games i worked on for kind of funny including some previous games from my university days so that's uh k-o-z-i-b-e-a-r dot i-t-c-h dot i-o sweet yeah definitely
0: go check them out for sure um and then the last thing uh that we that you do before we get into like your, your hobbies or whatnot um you started a, a podcast called the Press YYZ podcast yeah. with some, uh, some
1: kind of funny friends up north. So uh, how'd that start? Uh, I mean, honestly, what happened was is you know I kind of, kind of funny as of recent has have been coming down to uh, Toronto for a couple of events over the past few years. and um, as a result through that I've met a lot of kind of funny best friends that have lived here in Canada although primarily in Toronto. And Mm -hmm. last year, I was like, you know what? I want to start up a podcast. I want to uh, do something that's... uh, I want to kind of further improve my ability to kind of speak off the cuff and, you know, be comfortable in front of a camera and a microphone. But I want to do it in a bit of a different fashion than um, my podcasting. Uh, Sorry. I want to do it in a bit of a different fashion than my Twitch streaming. Sorry about Mm that. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, And yeah so i kind of asked around uh with some friends of mine uh and they were like yeah we're not totally available not totally interested and i'm like er, you know what might as well can't hurt to ask the kind of funny fans i've met uh here in canada if they'd be mm-hmm. interested and they were like yeah 100 percent. like immediately it was like oh we are totally down to do this as well. and it's like all right uh and so we got i got to talking with the people that were most interested in Doing it with me, uh, and one thing led to another, and we launched the podcast. And awesome, yeah. So the podcast is called Press YYZ. Um, we're still in the process of mm-hmm. kind of uh, figuring things out, uh, but we've hit a pretty good rhythm. Um, the way we describe ourselves is that we're, you know, we're a g- gaming podcast, but we really try to uh, where it's po- where possible, kind of place an emphasis on. Uh, Canadian uh, news and kind of Canadian stuff Uh, uh, talking about Canadian video game deals, uh, Canadian developers if possible Um, and when we're not talking about that stuff we uh, try to also have like fun evergreen content like um, little segments at the end of our show that can be enjoyed any uh, at any time, any place anywhere that you're listening to the podcast uh, even if the news in earlier segments of the show are out of date uh, we recently, for example, uh, have started up a segment towards the end of the show called Five by Five, which may or may not have strong resemblances to debatable uh, mm. back during the days of kind of funny in early 2019. Uh, but you didn't hear it from me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, where where does the name Press Y Y Z come from?
1: Um, basically, uh, we were trying really hard to think of something that stood out as being sort of distinctly Canadian. Uh, and I remembered that, oh, yeah, uh, YYZ is the code for the Toronto Pearson Airport. Um, it's where the um, the song YYZ by Rush, uh, where it gets its name from. And I'm like, well, why not call ourselves Press YYZ? Because you also have the Y buttons and Z buttons on video game controllers. Uh, mm-hmm. And everyone's pretty much like, yeah, sure, that works. It, you know, it's a little bit the kind of irony to it is that we actually spent a lot of time uh prior to arriving at the press yyz name trying to figure out um like just what we wanted to um figure out uh what we wanted to kind of uh call our name beforehand Mm -hmm. and when we arrived at the press yyz name it was kind of instantaneously like Oh, okay. That's right. It that's it right away. Like there was like almost yeah. no time spent like debating whether or not that was the the right decision to make.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming up with the name is easily the most stressful thing because you want to make sure you get it right. Because once you have it, it's really hard to rename it after you after you start doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's um, all excellent. That's awesome. I I enjoy that you are just doing creative things, and that's kind of that's the dream, right? Just kind of put what you're into and uh, into your work what your yeah your hobbies into your work and like you know have fun doing it that's awesome now that we talked about your your passionate things that you're doing for work uh, and putting creativity into uh when you're not doing those things what are
1: you into obviously games so why don't we start there what kind of games are you into uh as of recent i've kind of been a little bit all over the place i um about a year ago i had not played any of the major like looter shooter uh, kind of like games as a service games to come out over the past few years uh-huh. and pretty much within the past um i'd say like yeah six months to eight months i played pretty much a bit of everything i played destiny two rainbow six siege borderlands uh the division uh Primarily, my interest primarily lies with like single player, solitary experiences. Pokemon, for example, is my jam. That remains uh, one of my most coveted uh, video game series of all times. Favorite Pokemon uh, game? Uh, Pokemon Emerald, easily. All right. Uh, I I think that it has a solid single player campaign, and I think that the battle frontier uh, that awaits you at the end of that single player campaign uh, provides a lot of really entertaining and unique and very challenging challenges
0: nice yeah
1: Uh, how are you liking Borderlands because that's one of my favorite franchises of all time so here's the thing I actually in the lead up to Borderlands 3 I basically played through Borderlands 2's entire uh, Mm -hmm. single player campaign with a bunch of uh, fellow best friends who run a podcast uh, called uh, Respawning Fire Mm -hmm. and uh, I really enjoyed Borderlands 2 Uh, I platinumed it I think that it remains uh, one of my favorite experiences from the previous console generation. Uh, And then I tried to get into Borderlands Three, and I just wasn't feeling it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I honestly, what it primarily came down to is, I know a lot of people took issue with the fact that it was incredibly similar to Borderlands Two before it. That issue wasn't super. uh, That wasn't that big of an issue to me. What was more of an issue is just the fact that it didn't run super well uh, mm. on my console of choice, which is a just a normal standard PlayStation uh, 4. I don't have a PlayStation 4 Pro, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, I can uh, I can understand that uh, by this point in time, a lot of people have PCs and PlayStation 4 Pros and Xbox uh, uh, ones, the most souped up hyper version of that one, uh, whose name eludes me. The X. But it, yeah, the X but it's like a lot of us do have a uh, standard edition PlayStation fours too. And it was playing it and just being like, man, this is just not very well optimized was really mm-hmm. kind of a, a downturn. I do want to get back to it at some point in the future, uh, mm-hmm. but I can't say when.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. That was my, um, and I totally understand where people came from with the same argument when it comes to my game of the year last year, which was control like it ran it ran it had some hiccups on my pro but i totally understand how bad it ran on base ps4s and stuff so like i totally get that argument and as far as like borderlands 3 compared to 2 cuz 2 is also one of my favorite games of all time but like my issue with 3 is there's no handsome jack handsome jack is such an iconic villain and i think the the twins in 3 um just didn't hold a candle to handsome jack and it was kind of hard to look past that Mm. yeah that, that was my issue with three um, okay uh, what other uh, what other things are you into other than uh, other than games? Uh,
1: I mean uh, it sounds kind of like <laughs> compared to you know the excitement and flashiness of games it sounds kind of not as exciting to say but I am really into skiing and bike riding Sweet. Uh, I bike a lot in the summer and as much as I can in the fall and winter before. The conditions make it impossible to do so Mm -hmm. uh in addition to that um it's not as much of a hobby anymore uh but back in the day i was a huge uh fan of building and collecting bionicles oh all right yeah are you you're familiar with the bionicles
0: i know of them uh Mm -hmm. but i've not seen much on it what are bionicles all about
1: So, it was a uh, toy line from Lego uh, that started in the early 2000s and has continued up until today in various different uh, permutations. It was based off of their, if you're familiar with Lego Technics. uh, No, I'm not. Yeah, it was a a line of Lego um, that was basically, the whole point is that instead of like normal Lego bricks, it was more like these like more, I guess, technical pieces. Like, Mm. there, there was like a lot of like gears and levers and Uh, other doodads like that and with Bionicle they're like well what if instead of using those you know more complex pieces to build things like cars or trucks you use them to build action figures and what if they these action figures actually all had a uh, backstory uh, Mm -hmm. around which they're built Uh, and basically yeah I was huge into that stuff for until around 2010 Uh, And then they went on hiatus, and then they rebooted it, and it wasn't quite the same. But I'm not here to, you know, dunk on the new (laughs) new reboot stuff. Uh, But yeah, that was a (laughs) – although uh, I don't do as much uh, with that in the future, uh, I do really love that stuff. And I would uh, – we're going to get, I'd imagine, into more kind of funny stuff a little bit later on in the podcast. But I would love to be able to figure out some way to do something Bionicle-related at the company. There are no less than four Bionicle movies, but I don't know that that's a they're a great they would be great candidates for a kind of funny in review series because I think like I would be the only one who would be interested in them, and I think everybody else rightfully would be like these movies suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, aren't Bionicle's there Bionicle great. games as well? There are. Um, they range in quality. There's a very. Um, Memorable uh, Bionicle like uh, adventure game, like point-and-click adventure game from the early two thousands called Matanui Online, which mm-hmm. holds a kind of special place in my heart. There's also a Bionicle game from the mid two thousands called Bionicle Heroes, which it's possible you may have seen like the box out for that one because it was a pretty major third-party title at the time of its release. That one's not so great. Um, yeah, unfortunately, there's not like a single standout bionicle game outside of uh the adventure one that i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. uh which is too bad i I would love to participate in the development of that whatever to come about but i don't think it's going to happen at this
0: point yeah that's a shame uh now we're on part of the show where i asked my guests uh where their twitter handle came from and yours once again is pretty straightforward it's just your name at alex cozina which i'm very jealous of um but I will ask, have there ever been any like embarrassing screen names that you've had in the past?
1: No, n- nothing that really kind of comes to mind. I, I, I do have um, like two quick stories on the subject of usernames. Sure. Um, the first one is that, so while I do have at Alex Cozina as my handle on Twitter, uh, I personally would rather have at Cozy Bear as my handle on Twitter. Mm. Um, and it's one of those things where I decided too late uh, that I wanted my Twitter handle across, well, not my Twitter handle, but just my handle across all the platforms I was going to be on online to be Cozy Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result, by the time that I realized that, uh, the Cozy Bear handle was already taken on some of them. Uh, and I actually tried reaching out to the person that currently owns the Cozy Bear handle on Twitter if he'd be willing to pass it on to me, and unfortunately he wasn't willing, which was like, ah. well, I, I tried, you know, I yeah. made an honest effort, but you know, ultimately you have to respect his wishes. Um, the other thing is, and I, I don't really consider this like, majorly embarrassing, um, but my PlayStation Network name is Cozina Awesome, K-O-Z-I-N-A-W-E-S-E-M-E. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Cozina Plus Awesome, and it's, it, it's, Again, not terrible, but like such a username that I created at a time in my life where I don't I had no particular style guide or overall overarching plan for how I wanted people to know me. I was just like, what's a cool username? Oh, what if I took cozina and I mashed it together with awesome? I totally get that. <laughs> yeah.
0: My first AOL AIM screen name was I put my name, Kyle I put gamer and the word cool in a generator and out popped Kyle G. Cool. And I was Kyle G. Cool for a little bit. So I totally understand that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's... uh, So here's the thing. In addition to that, uh, I have thought about, you know, what I consider changing my username now, if that's a possibility. I ultimately decided that I wasn't going to for two reasons. One is that I still do actually play a fair few games on my Vita and PlayStation 3 every now and then. Uh, either because like it's gamers requires me to go back into my backlog or, Mm -hmm. you you know, I just, there's some old game that has been keeping me up at night that I need to go back and play. Um, however, it is, uh, on top of that, I also did check, does anybody already have the codes of your handle on the PlayStation network? And there is, and literally they've only played two video games. One is Grand Theft Auto 5 and the other is Call of Duty Advanced Warfare Mm. And they only have one trophy, uh, and it is only in Grand Theft Auto V. And it's like, you know, I, I, I'd I, respect it if this person with the Cozy Beer handle had a lot of uh, trophies. If he was, like, a huge, you know, PlayStation gamer, and he was fully taking advantage of it. But the fact that he bought two of, like, literally the biggest third-party games on the platform, and he only played, I'm assuming, like, the tutorial mission for one of them, mm-hmm. is just really sad. Yeah. But... Anyways, yeah, I get that. It, that's like
0: looking up my full name on Twitter, and I think it, he does, he hasn't tweeted in a long time. Like, yeah, I, I get that. It's it's definitely disheartening. Yeah. Um, well, uh, no, next like,
1: um, <laughs> I just want to say, don't uh, message this uh, other cozy beer guy. Oh yeah, the PlayStation Network, by the way. For Absolutely. for all I know, he had a, you know, he suddenly realized that uh, he inherited a vast fortune and had to go and manage uh, a a giant conglomerate and had to drop all of his uh, PlayStation gaming ambitions out of the blue. So, you know.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Don't don't be that person. Just let them live their lives. Yeah. Um, Be cool, chat. Be cool. Uh, Now we're on to the the, uh, next section of the show where my guest brings one thing that they think people should either play, watch, listen to, or read. So, Alex, what do you have for the audience out there?
1: So when I was uh, kind of thinking this up, I'm like, do I want to recommend a game? And I kind of looked at what I was currently playing and I'm like, "Mm, there's a lot of good stuff here, but uh, nothing that I want to, that I feel like recommending right now at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so then I looked to what I've been watching recently. And um, I tend to watch a lot of anime. Um, And I was looking through... Uh, the anime i've watched over the past couple of months and one title stood out to me for a couple of reasons um which i'll get into in a second uh because that anime is ReZero. 0 um zero so have you heard of this
0: no i am very much an anime. anima see i can't even say the word right oh no <laughs> an anime uh noob i i don't really watch it i know people tell me i need to watch my hero which i'm hopefully mm. going to rectify soon yeah. but yeah ReZero is something i've never heard of
1: yeah I, I i was contemplating recommending my hero academia as well but i figured i have a feeling that people have already recommended that before yes. or if mm-hmm. not they would recommend it in the future so ReZero, uh, spelt R-E colon zero, Z-E-R-O. It's short for ReZero, Starting Life in Another World. ReZero is an Isekai anime, which um, Isekai is like a genre of anime that has really kind of blossomed in popularity over the past uh, few years. Basically, it's uh, a genre in which some sort of uh, a protagonist from the real world, the world that you and I live in, gets uh, magically and randomly transported into a fantasy world and basically the anime typically follows him attempting to get by in the fantasy world using his knowledge of the real world and potentially even of video games that he played in the real world to circumvent the complicated politics and powers that be in this fantasy world and kind of carve out a life for himself uh, and or f- even find glory in some cases um, and the thing about the Uh, this isekai genre is that oftentimes uh there are a few problems with uh there are a few problems with it uh namely that i feel like the genre doesn't always do a good job of uh explaining you know what was the purpose of sending the hero to this other world is there like some sort of like grand moral or lesson to him going there uh or for that matter does the hero in question even have that much of a narrative arc uh and what I like about ReZero, uh, without getting too deep into spoilers, is that uh, by the end of it, or at least by the end of the first season of it, uh, it really does a good job uh, at basically explaining you know, what was the purpose behind sending this one particular character to this fantasy world, and you know, what is it that he learned along the way uh, as a result of being thrust into it. Um, I realize I haven't really explained the premise of this show in particular uh, a whole lot, so to, to keep the spoilers as light as possible, because, again, this is one of the shows where I think you kind of got to go into it blind to get the most out of it. Um, a man by the name of Subaru uh, is walking out of a convenience store late at night. All of a sudden, finds himself whisked off to a fantasy world filled with elves and demi-humans and magicians and all the like. Um, instantaneously, um, he thinks himself able to He thinks, oh, you know, uh, if I've been transported off to a fantasy world, well, I must have incredible magical powers. I'd imagine that I can probably dominate in this fantasy world. Like, you know, if you're like a protagonist of like a Japanese role-playing game that uh, suddenly got uh, transported to a fantasy world in a Mm -hmm. similar manner. Uh, Quickly discovers that's not the case. Quickly discovers that he's actually very weak uh, by comparison to everything else around him. Uh, Eventually, uh, however, he happens to become acquainted uh, with a girl called Amelia, um, who uh, basically is trying to fulfill some sort of important obligation within this world. Not going to get too into details into it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, you know, why not, you know, stick together? I'd be more than willing to help you out. She's like, okay, sure. Uh, We have to head down to this place on the outskirts of the city, though. He's like, okay, sure. Uh, They head there at night and they enter a pretty dismal looking cabin and within a couple of minutes, they both get killed. And then all of a sudden, uh, Subaru wakes up and he's been transported back in time six hours before to basically just like an hour after he landed in the fantasy world. And basically quickly comes to discover that he's basically kind of... been imbued with the powers of uh bill murray in groundhog day where he can be rewound back to a kind of previous point in time uh and kind of uh kind of replay certain events uh from the previous few hours um and the amount of control that he has over it is very limited but he can use that to potentially arrive at a better outcome than whatever just happened to him that resulted in him dying awesome yeah. yeah, it and, sounds
0: it sounds very video
1: gamey, like a checkpoint
0: for sure. Die.
1: But it, like, trust me when I say, and I don't want to go too uh, into detail into it. The the anime really deals with the kind of like psychological fallout of what would happen if somebody actually had that kind of a power. Mm. It is not like, oh, well, I'm just going to exit out of my uh, game and I'm going to go back to the main menu and I'm going to choose a different save point. it is, mm-hmm. It really deals with the consequences of what would happen if you got stabbed to death and then you suddenly woke up three days earlier yeah
0: it it definitely it it might sound like fun's probably not the best word but like uh might sound like a good idea to go back and fix everything but like if at the end of the day you're just going to go back and re get rid of all that stuff once again like yeah that sounds like a nightmare
1: Yeah. yeah and basically there are um, the reason why I wanted to recommend it right now uh, is because the anime, uh, the first season of the show actually aired a couple of years ago, um, but the second season of the show is going to be uh, airing starting this April, and in anticipation of the second, se- second season of the show airing, um, anime streaming services like Crunchyroll, for example, have been airing the, a um, director's cut version of the first season of the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, which basically what it is is it's the episodes of the show just with some slight editing and alterations here and there, some slightly better animation, some longer pauses or re-recorded lines for added dramatic effect. And um, yeah, so I recommend... Now is basically... It's one of those things where it's like you could have theoretically gotten into this anime at any time over the past couple of years since it Mm -hmm. first aired, but like now is there's no better time than now to get into it.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So go check out ReZero if that sounds like something you're into. And uh, let me know uh, what you think. And let Alex know what you think about it because that sounds awesome. I might check it out when I'm finally hop into the uh, the anime deep end, if you will.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, By all means. like yeah. Feel free to message me on Twitter or whatever if you want to gush about this anime after the fact. I'd be more than happy to talk about it.
0: Awesome uh but now since we're this is best friends talk funny we're both kind of funny best friends it's time to talk about kind of funny so alex what
1: got you into kind of funny what was the start of your fandom uh so historically i was not much of a playstation gamer growing up i was much more of a nintendo gamer -hmm. And um, as a result, you know, while I discovered IGN like a lot of other people because I was looking for tips and cheats and reviews online, I really did not get into the PlayStation side of that website until somewhat uh, late in my uh, kind of like time as a gamer. Mm -hmm. I only really got into it, I'd say, the PlayStation side of things until around 2011. And I would say that 2011 was when and I, I think you can attest to this, when Podcast Beyond, I'd say, really kind of came into its own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, or, well, I suppose somebody else watching this after the fact can correct me if I'm wrong about this as well. But I'm pretty sure that 2011 was, if or maybe it was 2010, was the year that uh, they did Podcast Beyond episode 150, which I, I remember that episode be kind of, being kind of a watershed episode because that's when they... Uh, debuted like the logo, new logo for the show. That's when they kind of solidified that the cast from that point going forward was going to be Greg Miller, Colin Moriarty, and Ryan Clements. Uh, and I remember kind of after that show, on and off, kind of tuning in to watch Podcast Beyond and see what was going on in the realm of PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And then on and off became pretty much consistently, I'm always tuning in to watch uh, Podcast Beyond. And then after that, uh, when Colin and Greg announced, hey, we're quitting IGN to do stuff with Kind of Funny, I'm like, I'm 100% in. I was already by that point um, watching uh, Kind of Funny's videos uh, here and there because, you know, I'd been, I'd uh, after going to follow Greg on Twitter, I'd also learned of his YouTube channel uh, endeavors there as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's pretty much, uh, I've pretty much been a fan ever since. Nice. Um
0: what is your favorite piece of content that they they put out?
1: Ooh. I know it's a tough question. <laughs> uh I mean some of the bits that they've done on KFAF have been great. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's an easy easy answer but obviously some of the Greg Miller uh Oreo oration stuff that they've done on KFAF was definitely gold. So obviously uh that's a lot of fun too. Um I'd say a couple of individual episodes of, of the Game Over Greggy show and now the kind of funny podcast as well have always really kind of stuck out to me. Uh, I totally, you know, respect and understand the crew's decision to, uh, you know, make it so that the their episodes of the show are no longer like four heavily segmented sections and that they're more just, that the whole show is just like a long uh, kind of single conversation mm-hmm. with topics of discussion brought up throughout it. But I really, there are some, old segments from older episodes of the game over gregory show that were just like single self-contained segments that will always stick out of my mind like yeah. i love the one where tim discusses the time that he and alfredo ran a coffee shop for example yeah that was a great segment absolutely uh, yeah so th- those are the two things that kind of come to mind yeah those are those are great choices um, yeah and of course i i realized that i shouldn't uh Neglect mentioning Kind of Funny Live uh, 2 and Prom, which I both had the pleasure of uh, getting to attend as well. Yeah, Those definitely. Are obvi- obviously great, but you don't really think of them instinctively in the same breath as like some of their online shows, of course. Definitely.
0: Um, why would you consider yourself a KFBF? Why not just consume their content and never really interact with other people in the fandom?
1: Um... Uh... I mean, because, like, I really kind of, I'd say that, you know, I've struggled throughout my entire life, uh, I'd say, with making friends uh, in high school and college and uh, so on and so forth, and uh, in the Kind of Funny community, I found a large community of fellow people that, you know, not only share a lot of my interests, but Mm -hmm. also are... I'd say genuinely, really down to be friends as well. Uh, And so I consider myself a kind of funny best friend because I found a community of people that I, you know, can really, you know, get to know and interact with on an intimate level, Mm -hmm. Uh, even more intimate than I'd say a lot of other people that I've known for longer in my entire life. And that is true of, you know, obviously uh you know the kind of I think best friend term was first coined uh by Greg to talk about you know the hosts of kind of funny's relationships uh with the fans but mm-hmm. uh it yeah, it's both the hosts and the uh, other fellow fans as well very much absolutely yeah that that's why the show is there because like it is is
0: a thing because yeah the best friend thing is real and just talking to like minded people just makes you feel so welcome and wholesome and I love 100%. it. one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, now, before we move on, uh, you are just kind of, I think, within the last couple of weeks, have really ramped up your nomination for Up and Comer. Um, so yeah, I, I, I wanted to give you a chance to, to talk about it and why you decide to go for it. Uh,
1: so, yeah. Uh, so when kind of funny announcer answer Up and Comer opportunity last year in 2019, uh, I was uh, really interested in it. But ultimately, I declined to run because I didn't. Feel at the time that was before I had really started to uh twitch stream or podcast, so I didn't feel like I had all the qualifications really necessary to make myself an ideal candidate. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, I'm uh streaming on a daily sorry, not on a daily basis but on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am podcasting uh pretty often, uh, and my writing skills at gamers have only gotten better and better over time. Uh, and I think that. Uh, Those three things would make me a pretty uh, ideal shoot-in for making some pretty cool, kind of funny games content. Um, And so here's the thing. I'm not quite ready just yet to discuss exactly what it is that I plan on doing at Kind of Funny when I head down to their offices in 2020. Uh, because I currently plan on divulging it in the next video that I'm going to be producing in which I'm going to be talking about my candidature. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was uh, deciding, all right, here's how uh, how I'm going to go out and, you know, promote myself and get people amped to vote for me come time for uh, voting. I'm like, how can I really kind of set myself apart? And I'm like, oh, what if I did a like Nintendo Direct style video in which I, you know, presented who I am and kind of went uh point by point uh explaining why uh i'm an ideal candidate and then i'm like well, what if i you know i have this hashtag that i started hashtag casino for kind of funny what if i created a casino for kind of funny direct mm-hmm. and then from there it was like well you know uh, kind of funny themselves have said that they kind of want people to basically launch a campaign uh to drum up interest uh in getting them eventually on kind of funny shows And I'm like, well, there's no reason why I need to divulge all of my information all at once in the uh, first uh, direct I'm going to do. How about the first direct I uh, talk exclusively about, you know, all of my past prior experiences and qualifications. And then the next video I talk a lot about, well, this is what I plan on doing later on when I go to kind of funny. And then the video after that I talk about another topic. And then Mm -hmm. the video after that I talk about another topic. Uh, And so, yeah, that's where I am right now.
0: It's awesome, and I love the the uh, Nintendo Direct style of
1: doing it. I think that's a really genius uh, uh, genius idea. Excuse me. Oh no, not a problem. And thank you, thank you very much. I um, I, I so I literally purchased the green screen that you can see in back of me specifically mm-hmm. for the purpose of putting together that Direct, uh, and it was a great bit of synergy because once I set the green screen up, I'm like, well, there's no reason now why I can't just start using that on stream. So yeah, it's, uh, obviously, you know, I would love to win the candidature, candidature, uh, but, you know, assuming that, you know, things don't go through, uh, you know, doing this whole experience has definitely, uh, improved, uh, various, some of my, some of the other creative outlets, uh, that I've been involved with for the past, um, couple of months Mm -hmm. and you know I, i greatly uh am indebted to that and you know i'm hoping that they'll continue to be further improved as i continue on with this campaign win or lose
0: awesome Yeah, Uh, so now we're at the part of the show where uh, my guest brings a former Game Over Greggy Show topic, now kind of funny podcast topic uh, for us to discuss amongst ourselves. So this is not a a chat about uh, what the the crew talked about. It's just us talking about the same topic. So, Alex, Hmm. what did you bring to the table today?
1: So uh, the topic that I want to bring is when your creative outlet becomes your job. Uh, this was, uh, for those of you who want to go back into the backlog, this was part three of the Game Over Greggy show, uh, episode uh, 90. Um, and it was published in July 26th of 2017. And uh, so the uh, discussion itself, I went back and I uh, made a point of rewatching it before uh, coming onto the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the topic is initially um, started by... Uh, the community talking about how Joey came to be uh, part of kind of funny, how she kind of became involved in the community and how she kind of worked up the ranks and is now, you know, her creative outlet uh, is her job for mm-hmm. the title of the segment. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk about it in relation to what I'm doing in that I've um, like me getting to do uh, all these creative outlets basically as my, Uh, jobs or pseudo jobs over Mm -hmm. the past couple of months slash years has been in some ways I'd say really enriching and in other ways I'd say very kind of challenging um, in that you know getting to write about video games on one hand has uh, you know brought a lot of eyes onto me and has been an invaluable working experience but it has also changed my relationship a lot a lot with writing about video games as well. I now definitely don't look at it as much anymore as like a, you know, like a pleasurable, fun thing to do on my own anymore. Mm-hmm. I now look of it, look at it as work. Yeah. Um, similarly, um, I've had a really interesting, complicated relationship with, uh, I'd say, playing video games my own uh, time over the past few years, between I'd say like 2010 and 2015, I played and absorbent amount of video games uh, on my own spare time, like an unbelievable amount. And then starting in 2016, 2017, and especially in 2018, I really kind of fell out of it. And what happened was is I just, I became so kind of workmanlike, uh, working on content for gamers uh, and other, also working on stuff for school because I was completing out my degree in 2018 that basically I became really dour on the prospect of playing video games in my own time. Mm. I was like, well, this is, I I, I kind of came to feel guilty of like, if I'm playing video games at the moment, I'm not contributing towards anything. I'm wasting valuable time that could be better spent doing more worthwhile things. Uh, And then when I got into streaming, one, it got me playing video games again, and it got me doing so in a way that I didn't feel guilty about it, because I'm like, well, I'm actually kind of working towards something doing this. But also it actually got me to start playing video games again when I was off stream, when it was just on my own time because I started to be like, oh, well, I, I now I want to have like a time where I can carve out uh, a bit of time for myself to just play video games that is not building towards anything because I just feel exhausted after, you know, because streaming is pretty exhausting. and Definitely is. Yeah, and I just want now to have some time to carve out for myself where I can just enjoy a game and recover from all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the the pendulum is beginning to swing back the other way where I, I found it kind of uh, hard to do that, uh, harder and harder to do that. I found it actually easier to just play video games when it's on stream and harder to uh, play it when they're off stream. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of like, I know that the entirety of this podcast has been you largely interviewing me about myself and my life. But I'm kind of curious if you found yourself, you know, struggling from similar kind of uh, issues as kind of like what I've described basically with regards to, yeah.
0: Absolutely. You you brought up the fact where how, uh, you know, why play games when you could be bettering yourself in other outlets, right? Mm -hmm. That is something that I struggle with daily. Like I sit on my couch, I want to play a game. But should I be playing that game or should I go learn how to edit video? Should I try to learn how to do After Effects and try to help me, uh, you know, further my career in in games and try to get my foot in games and start doing what you are doing and try to make this creative outlet that I podcasting uh, of talking about games into a paying gig. And it's you kind of feel guilty for just wanting to sit down and play it's it's really it's really weird to say it's it's weird to say that the thing you want to do for a living you're you're afraid to do because it directly affects you being being able to do that if that makes sense yeah yeah
1: and um it's like it's interesting how you know my newfound love of streaming and creating content and become like more having this like increasingly bigger and bigger online presence has sort of seeped into and affected my decision making and what uh, my planning for my own kind of like things of leisure mm-hmm. uh, like for example um, come the end of March I'm actually going to be traveling down to St. Louis in Missouri um, so do you play much Pokemon Go I do not play Pokemon Go no okay uh, Pokemon Go has been having these events over the globe over the past couple of years called Pokemon Go Safari Zones, and basically what it is is if you come to a like specific city and go to a specific like park or recreational area, uh, over the course of a few days they'll make like a slew of rare and unusual and, and like uh, shiny Pokemon available for you to capture there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having a Pokemon Go Safari Zone in St. Louis towards the end of March, and when I was planning that trip out I'm like hmm how should I consider possibly figuring out some sort of setup so I can stream myself walking around St. Louis Uh because you know that would probably bring a lot of eyes on me and then I'm like well mm, no that's a little bit too costly okay but should I how am I gonna figure uh kind of on social media profit off of this trip when I just gonna be posting uh photos of myself perhaps i should you know invest in something that will allow me to store more videos of my adventures Mm -hmm. or perhaps i should uh, think of you know some other way to incorporate what i'm doing on this trip into my work at gamers or Mm -hmm. uh, press yyz the podcast or streaming and eventually i was just kind of like no just you you have to kind of let go and you have to just be like this is something entirely for myself
0: yeah definitely
1: uh, so, yeah, it's um, I, I realized that uh, what I wanted to talk about right there is a, maybe a little bit different than what was discussed on the Game Over Gregory show topic itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of one of those things where like I was like kind of scrolling through topics. And when I saw that title, I'm like, this is closest to what I wanted to uh, bring up because it is something that I've been struggling uh, from for the past two years like better balancing you know uh your work and your life and your leisure absolutely figuring out uh, where those things should intersect and where those things should not intersect when your creative outlet becomes your job per the title of the episode definitely and
0: and when it comes to when it comes to me like i i make zero dollars on and all the stuff that i do um but it's come to the point where like i do so many so many podcasts and starting streaming and planning community events with kind of NYC and, um, juggling two jobs on top of that and coming home and, and, and hanging out with my nieces and making sure their homework is good and all this other stuff on top of it. It's just, i most of my day is a giant juggling act between, between making sure everything is running smoothly and I'm doing everything to further, uh, my potential career here Uh, making sure all my obligations in real life are getting done and finding time for yourself. And and it is the most difficult thing that I am doing. Uh, And it's something that I struggle with not even daily, every second of my life. It it is something that it's hard to deal with. And uh, I hope that we both can find a, a good balance there because if I ever get sour on games, I don't know what I'm gonna do. It, it, it is such an integral part to my life that I don't want to view it as strictly a job, and then not want to play these games. Like that's gonna that's gonna suck. But For yeah, sure.
1: yeah. And uh, one other thing that I want to also bring up too, you know, that has made things further complicated is now that I have uh, the podcast and the streaming and gamers going on all at once, it has become a bit of a struggle on my part. Even when I'm like, all right, I am going to exclusively do work right here and right now, and no buts about it, like, what do I work on right away? Mm -hmm. It would make most logical sense that I do gamers because uh, that thing is actually making me the most money and I'd say is the best for kind of portfolio building. Mm -hmm. But I also want to, you know, spend a lot of time uh, making my podcast better because. Uh, I think that that right now, while we are making a really great content with it, that also needs the most work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also want to make sure that my stream is constantly being kept up to date and updated and made better. Um, Because uh, if I it's one of those things where I'd say more than the uh, other two things, you really need to be working on it on a continuous basis. If you want to uh, keep up interest and you want to kind of become a bigger and better streamer. Mm -hmm. uh so yeah it's not easy
0: no it definitely is not um so thank you alex for bringing that topic to the table it's a great one for for people to hear about and and to you know kind of get their brain thinking if they ever want to hop into uh what we're trying to do and trying to make this a full well you are doing it but like for me trying to uh get paid for for being creative um, For sure, it's a great it's a great topic to be to be heard. Uh, but now, before we get into uh, our last um, uh, t- uh, oh my god, last segment of the show, uh, brain fart there. Uh, That's not a problem. We got some questions from the best friends. I'm going to ask you, Alex. Ooh. So are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. We got we got a couple here. Uh, we'll go from uh, AJ Fraser at Times Hero on Twitter. I've he never writes, heard of him before. <laughs> would you touch a poop for $20? Oh, 100%. Would like, you really? You me? I mean,
1: uh, all I'm being asked to do is touch it. Oh, man. I'm, I'm a germaphobe. I don't know if I would ever do that. Oh, I'd, I'd wash my hands incredibly well afterwards. <laughs> There's, it's not like I have to touch it and then I have to not wash my hands afterwards. That's if I fair. can you know, cleanse them of all ungodliness, I'll 1 million percent do it. That's fair.
0: Like, it, it's... It's different for me because, like you know, I changed my niece's diapers when they were little, so like that doesn't bother mm. me. But if it's just like a random poop on the sidewalk, I don't know if I would be up for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next question comes from uh, MC Fixer at MC Fixer on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Favorite game and why? Uh,
1: so <laughs> here's the thing. My favorite game is also Pokemon Emerald, which we already brought yep. up earlier on mm-hmm. in the show. Um, so. You know what, I'm just going to go ahead and say my second favorite game, which is Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Uh, I know that within the sorry, Super Smash Brothers community, Brawl uh, was and still remains kind of a contentious game due to the number of mechanical changes that they made to it after Melee making it... A little bit kind of like slower and its physics a little bit more realistic mm-hmm. personally though it always remains a it, it'll always hold a special place in my heart uh, i used to play that game extensively with some older friends back in uh, the early days of college and um just going through the subspace emissary in that game unlocking the seemingly number uh, endless number of unlockable things in that game was a truly magical experience and so yeah Not my first favorite game of all time, but Mm -hmm. second favorite game of all time. One million percent. Awesome. Um,
0: And then we got a double question from Mitch George at Mr. Mitch George on Twitter. Never heard of him before. (laughs) Uh, As a French Canadian, what is the best poutine you've
1: ever had? So I have a a sappy answer and a real answer. Okay. Okay. the 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 sappy answer uh is a poutine that i made uh by myself uh using store-bought uh french fries and store-bought poutine mix and store-bought cheese curds uh when i was at a friend's house in san diego Mm -hmm. just because i was able to pour my love into it uh and enjoy it with other friends i'd say though that realistically like The real best poutine I've ever had uh, was from this place called La Belle Provence, Uh uh, which translates to, like, the good province. La Belle Provence is a uh, well-known kind of fast food chain in the province of Quebec, Canada. It is not like a, like, how should I say, like a super high-end, like, poutine or Quebec uh, food place. It Mm -hmm. is just a your typical run-of-the-mill fast food place but in a way that's what makes the poutine there so good because the moment that you're tasting it you're like oh this is not this is not trying to be anything better than it's trying to be this is just trying to be straightforward bottom of the barrel fast food poutine and that's why it was excellent awesome i've never had poutine well oh, i mean it's you should definitely try it out once it is yeah. i mean it is exactly what its name sounds like it is but it's well worth it
0: yeah, I, I figured at this point if I ever make my make my way up to Canada that's probably the best place to, to try it. I don't want to try yeah. an Americanized version of it because it's probably not as good.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is shockingly weirdly hard to find poutine if you're out of Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mitch's second question is,
0: uh, who's your favorite podcast co-host? WikiFace emoji. Hmm. <laughs> uh,
1: I think that it would probably have to be myself that's a great answer yeah
0: <laughs> take that mitch uh <laughs> all right and before we end this episode i gotta find my phone where to go um uh, are you familiar with one uh josh McCuga? uh yes i am uh so this is the segment called the McCuga zone where I, okay. sh- I straight-up rip from Josh's show on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock, and I'm going to ask you uh, some icebreaker questions. The first thing that pops in your head is oh, what shit. you answer. All right. Are let's you ready? Do this.
1: Yeah, let's do this.
0: All right. Let me get three minutes on the clock. Uh, and all, As always, these icebreaker questions come from Elfster.com. Uh, three, two, one. Favorite day of the week? Uh, Saturday. Uh, nickname your parents used to call you? Uh, Allie. Uh, favorite holiday? Christmas. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Uh, be able to speak every
1: language in the world. How long does it take you to get ready? Like... Anywhere between two minutes and an hour. Uh, do you snore? Uh, apparently, according to my friends, yes. <laughs> uh, favorite junk food? Uh, farmer's
0: Market cookies. Oh, very, very uh, specific there. Uh, do you ever post inspirational quotes on social media? Mm, no. Uh, favorite number? Uh, seven why can't we tickle our, ourselves because uh, we know ourselves too well oh great answer uh what's the best age uh 27 if voldemort voldemort offered you a hug would you accept no is double dipping at a party ever acceptable yeah skip (laughs) uh would you rather cuddle with a baby panda or baby
1: penguin oh baby penguin uh what's for dinner tonight uh probably some cookies and some eggs sweet how many pull-ups can you do in a row
0: at least six that's more than me uh one minute left on the clock uh what's the fastest speed you've ever driven in a car
1: That I've been behind the wheel. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, uh, oh, you know what? Actually, it's been definitely a uh, hundred miles per hour. Sweet. Uh, do you like the word dapper? Uh, I I'm pretty okay with it. Godfather or Star Wars? Uh, probably Star Wars. Uh,
0: what's your favorite carb? Bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes? Uh, bread. Are rats cute? Yes.
1: What does the acronym SCUBA stand for? Um, Scientific, uh, cute, unitary, biological atoms. Sweet.
0: Uh, Favorite type of muffin?
1: Uh, Any muffin that has like a fruity center to it. And last question. Have you ever slapped someone in the face?
0: Yeah, I think so awesome well alex that's it for best friends talk funny uh
1: thank you for coming on this was a blast um thank like, you yeah, thanks for coming it was great oh thank you man yeah that uh, was uh I, I feel like i really kind of got put myself through the ringer there with yeah everything that was discussed like if you ever want the kind of complete kind of fun uh sorry not kind of funny the alexander kazina uh, action figure accessories uh, in the form of a podcast discussion about his life. Uh, you have it right here. There you go. Awesome. Uh, if
0: people want to follow you
1: on the interwebs, uh, where can they find you and the stuff that you do? You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Cozina, A L E X K O Z I N A. If you want to follow me on Twitch, you can do so at Cozy Bear Live, K O Z I B E A R L I V E. Uh, and be sure to pay attention for, to both uh, for updates on my upcoming candidature to be Kind of Funny's next up-and-comer. Awesome. Uh, you can find me as always
0: on Twitter at who 73 my PlayStation show called uh, the trophy room at PS trophy room on Twitter and bad bit games on YouTube. Uh, our gaming centric show from kind of NYC platform agnostic at platagnostic on Twitter, our conversational podcast dollar slice at dollar slice pod. Um, and you can find all the info on New York area meetups at kind of NYC.com and at kind
1: of NYC on Twitter and until next time remember oh Oh, go ahead alex i'm sorry hold on a second i just realized something uh somewhat important that i make sure that i make a point of mentioning please um so earlier we talked about gamers the youtube channel i write for Uh, i suspect that you know uh most people that are listening to this might already know this but in case you didn't uh that is gamers spelt with a v so g v m e r s on youtube um Perfect. it's one of those things where you're probably like if you've never heard of this before you're probably seeing back in your car and being like what what the hell? Yeah that's so weird. And it's like the what the logic is that basically we take the v and in our logo in like all of our branding uh for our, our YouTube channel we flip the v upside down so it just it looks like an a but without the dash mm-hmm. through it and so yeah that's basically how we arrived at that. But obviously that's not a symbol that exists that you can use on your keyboard. So we just use a V in its place. So youtube.com slash gamers, G V M E R S.
0: Perfect. Yeah, definitely go check them out because they do some great stuff on the YouTube channel. Um, Thank you. And remember, until next time, be kinda to one another. Bye.